This is what it takes to be part of the richest 1% in the whole world. So you need to be worth almost $8 million to make the cut in the Mediterranean Principality, where residents typically don't pay income taxes according to research on more than two dozen locations by Knight Frank. Switzerland and the U.S. have the next highest entry points, requiring fortunes of $5.1 million and $4.4 million, respectively, according to the Property Brokers 2021 Wealth Report. In Singapore, $2.9 million will get you over the threshold. You can clearly see the influence of tax policy at the top, said Liam Bailey, Knight Frank's global head of research. Then you have the sheer breadth and depth of the U.S. market. The findings underscore how the pandemic has widened the gap between rich and poor nations. The entry point for Monaco's richest 1% is almost 400 times greater than in Kenya, the lowest ranked of 30 locations in Knight Frank's study. The World Bank estimates 2 million people in the African nation have fallen into poverty due to the COVID-19 crisis. Meanwhile, the world's 500 wealthiest people added $1.8 trillion to their fortunes last year, according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index with U.S.-based technology entrepreneurs Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos gaining the most. The U.S. leads in the number of ultra-rich individuals even as wealth growth has surged recently in Asia-Pacific locations such as China and Hong Kong, according to the report. The region's richest billionaires are now worth a combined $2.7 trillion. Data compiled by Bloomberg show or more than triple the amount at the end of 2016. Asia-Pacific is forecast to continue outpacing global growth in ultra-high net worth individuals from 2020 to 2025, with the number of people with more than $30 million climbing 33% led by India and Indonesia, according to Knight Frank. And Singapore is also expected to see a surge. Though the city-state is already a hub for many of the world's super-rich for reasons ranging from its high standard of living to strict privacy rules. The family office of Google co-founder Sergey Brin is setting up a branch in Singapore while British billionaire James Dyson has already relocated his family investment firm there. Asia-Pacific's foothold as host to the world's leading wealth hubs continues to strengthen, said Victoria Garrett, Knight Frank's head of residential for the region. Outsized gains among the rich and escalating costs for governments arising from the virus crisis have led some nations to introduce or explore wealth taxes. In the U.S., some Democrats are pushing for higher income taxes at the state level, including in New York, which of course New York is trying to do that, which also makes no sense because there's so many people leaving New York. Meanwhile, Hong Kong on Wednesday unveiled its first stamp duty increase on stock trades since 1993 after the city's economy plunged over the past year. More than a third of advisors to wealthy individuals surveyed for Knight Frank's report cited tax issues as a main concern for their clients. Governments have spent a lot and were now in a similar situation to after the financial crisis when there was a growing sense of who's going to pay for all of this 
Bailey said. Now, another thing that you got to understand, too, when it comes to basically taxes. Right now, everybody has different views on taxes. And if you end up watching this, feel free to give your thoughts. But the thing is, taxes can be good if you know what they're actually being used for, right? Think about it like this, right? Anytime you spend your money, you have the option to have a receipt, right? Which you should get a receipt. And by getting a receipt, you know exactly what you spent and on what items. Let's, for instance, just say you go to Walmart, right? And so when you're done shopping at Walmart, you get a receipt for everything that you spent money on, itemized, right? If the government, let's say that you live in the United States, let's say the United States taxes people, but they literally showed everything itemized for exactly what your taxes was paying for, that would make things a lot easier to deal with, right? Because if we could see exactly where our money is going in an itemized way, and I mean everyone, right? Then we could end up voting on which things we want to spend more money on and less money on, right? Like we should be able to adjust it, right? And this is the problem that I see with so many politicians, whether it be left, right, center, libertarian, all that kind of stuff, right? That they never really end up trying to solve the tax issue, right? Because look, there's always going to be taxes, pretty much. And let's just say the United States. There's always going to be taxes, right? But if we can itemize it and dictate what we actually spend our money on, and in what way, guess what? That would solve a lot of issues. Because we could take California for an example, right? They had like one of the highest tax rates in the whole country. There's multi-millionaires. I mean, deca-millionaires, cent-millionaires, you know, basically over nine figures, right? And then you got billionaires living in California as well, right? And they get taxed a crazy amount, and yet they have the highest homeless problem out of any state, right? How does that make sense, right? What on earth is the state actually spending all of those millions of dollars on, right? Nobody knows, right? No one knows what on earth are they spending all this money on. And this is the problem with the taxes and when people are so unclear, well, basically when governments are so unclear. So taxing billionaires or millionaires at the state level isn't going to do anything, right? Taxing them at more on the federal level isn't going to do anything because both the state and the federal government doesn't itemize anything when it comes to taxes. Like you don't know what you're spending your money on. You don't know what they're spending your money on that they're literally stealing from you, right? What are they spending it on? No one knows. And this is the problem, right? So it's basically like someone's reaching in our pocket, grabbing like a $20 bill from our wallets, and then slapping us for trying to say like, hey, why are you grabbing our $20 bill? Or like, why did you do that, right? 
And they're basically just slapping us around, basically saying like, hey, you don't get to ask us that. If you don't give us this, if you don't allow us to just take this from you, you're going to be arrested. And this is the problem with the tax system. So feel free to become a member, support this news commentary in the description of this episode. We focus on business, money, and finance-related content and news stories. You could also check out 40inbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons, personal finance courses. Contact us with your personal finance question or story. Barack the sheep suffers from 75 pounds of wool. And... Now, normally, this channel, this typically focuses on, like, money-related stuff. But this is just so funny. And when I saw the photo of this sheep, it was just it was just too hilarious to pass up, right? So, an animal sanctuary in Australia recently came to the rescue for a sheep covered with 75 pounds of wool, Reuters reported. The sheep, who is named Barak, with two A's, so Barak appeared to be abandoned. Much of the excess wool was recently sheared off by Edgar's Mission Farm Sanctuary. It appeared Barack was once an owned sheep, Kyle Behrend, who works for the sanctuary told Reuters. He had at one time been ear-tagged, however, these appear to have been torn out by the thick matted fleece around his face, which is insane. The animal organization shared before and after photos of Barack on his Instagram page. And, you know, it was just it was just so funny. I wanted to just quickly share that because it's amazing what hair can do to a body. And obviously, if you were to click on the thumbnail of this, you'd be able to see what the sheep looked like, which it's hilarious. Which, by the way, if you listen to this on the podcast, just go to YouTube and type in uh, sheep has a bad day or just type in 40 and box clips and you'll be able to see the thumbnail of this sheep it is hilarious right like <laughs> the amount of wool on this sheep is insane it's just so funny GameStop gains 100% so before market closed on Wednesday the video game retailer shares started to soar and GME just closed at $91.71, up nearly 104% for the day. It's the highest the stock has been since it fell back down to earth at the beginning of the month following the unprecedented Reddit-fueled rally that sent it as high as $483 a share. So over the course of the afternoon, trading on the stock was halted twice. A number of events this week may be contributing to the rise. For one, GME advocate Keith Gill, known online as Roaring Kitty, or by his more profane handle, Deep Effing Value, testified last week in a House Financial Services Committee hearing on the GameStop rally in which he pleaded his case as an everyday investor who simply liked the stock. Late last week, Gill doubled his holdings in GME to 100,000 shares, worth at the time about $4 million, reports the Wall Street Journal. Gill's willingness to double down on his GameStop enthusiasm could be one factor explaining the stock rise today, but it's certainly not the only one. GameStop's former chief financial officer, Jim Bell, announced his resignation yesterday, a sudden departure insider 
now reports may have been less than amicable than basically amicable after the company's board of directors lost faith in the executive. So that could also be fueling investor enthusiasm. And lastly, and most inexplicably, Chewy founder Ryan Cohen, the GameStop board member whose interest in the company helped facilitate its skyrocketing stock price, tweeted a photo of a McDonald's ice cream cone with a frog emoji for a caption. Now, what could this possibly have to do with the new soaring GME stock price? Who knows? But some people think it does. And, you know, when I found this story, right, and I believe this was technically from Verge, it was interesting because you could also see tweets of people literally thinking that that uh, tweet that the Chewy founder, Ryan Cohen, actually put out with the ice cream cone actually helped the stock. I mean, who knows? Maybe it could have, but, you know, I doubt it. But another thing that might have contributed is that the this could be a big FU to Warren Buffett's buddy dissing GameStop investors, which I think is far more plausible than any other option because Munger, I think it's Munger or Munger, however you pronounce his last name, he dissed Tesla, he dissed Bitcoin, and he dissed GameStop and Robinhood. He dissed so many people. He dissed everything about this whole past month, basically. And I could easily see some dudes and girls on Reddit basically giving him the big middle finger, basically saying, like, screw you, and let's get this thing back to the moon. Right, I could easily see that being the case as to something happening because I mean, this has pretty much been the biggest fu to the super wealthy, right? Like that's pretty much what this whole situation's been with GameStop. It's just one big fu or one big middle finger. So I mean, feel free to give your thoughts, but that's the way I see this. This is why I think that GameStop basically skyrocketed today because it was uh it was interesting right now do i think this this could possibly continue for a long time i doubt it i think at the most this could maybe go on for a week but honestly it probably just crashed tomorrow or the next couple of days i don't really think this is going to go like to the moon again but it's still pretty cool to see check out the description below if you want to become a member and support this news commentary in the description, right? You can check out 14box.com to master your money, personal finance lessons, personal finance courses. Contact us with your personal finance question or story, and we'll probably turn it into an episode because I think it would help people a lot. Dogecoin jumps 25% from a single tweet. And I'll explain a little bit as to why this is actually... A really probably interesting and maybe an amazing way to actually try to make millions of dollars. Now, I'm not necessarily suggesting that someone do this, but it is something that someone could technically do, right? So let's get into it. So Elon Musk is tweeting about Dogecoin again, this time sending the meme-based currency up 25% on Wednesday with a single word tweet. So the Tesla CEO and SpaceX chief fired off a tweet at 8 a.m. ET with just one word 
literally. Attached to the same tweet was a photo of the meme famous Shiba Inu, which is an adorable dog, in a spacesuit planting a flag emblazoned with the word "Wow." In a follow-up, ten minutes later, the billionaire tweeted, "On the actual moon." Dogecoin, as of ten seventeen a.m. on Wednesday, is trading higher by twenty-three point eleven percent to point zero five eight one. Wednesday is not the first time a tweet from Musk sparked a rally in Dogecoin, nor is it the second. The internet has coined the term "Musk move" to capture the outsized influence the billionaire has in moving prices of everything from Bitcoin to GameStop to Etsy. On February nineteenth, he caused another jump in the price of Dogecoin after he tweeted to his forty-six million followers that he bought some for his nine-month-old son. Dogecoin surged as much as 16% following the tweet. A few days before that, Musk encouraged major investors, also known as whales, to sell their shares, adding that he believes concentration among a few holders is the only real issue. Dogecoin, which started as a joke in 2013, has been propelled to fame thanks to well-known backers such as Musk. But also rapper Snoop Dogg and Kiss member Gene Simmons, which I gotta be frank, Gene Simmons has always been kind of nuts. For a short time, Dogecoin was hovering around a market valuation of ten billion dollars, making it more valuable numerous than numerous well-known companies like Under Armour. So, more of the story, right? Stay updated with Elon Musk and focus on what he's put money into. Now, the reason why I say that this could technically be a strategy is because if you were to learn from this with him in Dogecoin, you could also learn and remember that you could kind of like see the writing on the wall that something big was going to happen with Bitcoin, because if you followed his tweets right for the past few months. You'd notice that he had a conversation with a fellow mega billionaire, right? Where they talked about a massive, like a possibility of a massive transaction with Bitcoin, and the guy basically told him, like, "Hey, this is what you could do, and I'll show you how. I'll show you the my blueprint, right? My playbook as to do massive transactions with Bitcoin, right? You could have seen at that time that." Hey, maybe if I invested into Bitcoin around that time that they were having that discussion, because it got unnoticed for a long time, even though Elon Musk did it on Twitter, he would have been able to make a disgusting amount of money. Same thing with Dogecoin, right? If you started like early on with you know Elon Musk talking about Dogecoin or even mentioning it, and then you got in very very early on. Guess what? You probably would have made millions of dollars, depending on how much money you would have put in. Now, again, I'm not necessarily suggesting people to actually do this. I'm just saying he has so much pull. Like Elon Musk has so much pull with his massive audience that he can pretty much do some pretty crazy stuff with pretty much anything. I mean, I think he believe I believe he basically made Signal become one of the most downloaded. Apps on the App Store, just because of him, right? 
Same thing with Dogecoin, he was able to skyrocket that thing like crazy. Same thing with Bitcoin, he was able to skyrocket that thing like crazy. So out of all the people that's like a CEO that you should probably follow if you were to actually use Twitter. Now, personally, I don't use Twitter. I don't basically use any social media. I have no interest in it. But if you were to use the social media and if you do have Twitter, he is someone that you probably should follow because if you just pay attention to what he's talking about or what he's mentioning or what he's kind of like bring it into the conversation or into like the mainstream per se, you might start to notice like, wait a minute, something big might actually happen with whatever it is that he's talking about. And if something does, if something big does happen to the thing that he's talking about, you could potentially make millions of dollars, which is why I say this is potentially an investment strategy that people could technically implement and possibly make millions of dollars. Now, again, got to say, I'm not suggesting people necessarily do this, but it's something that people can do. For example, another person that probably has the same amount of pull or similar pull to be able to make disgusting amounts of money is Logan Paul. Because if you don't know, recently he basically did like a digital asset which is basically just like a digital playing card, right? Or digital artwork. And he sold it for basically eth fudgel coins, or like I forget the exact term of it. But basically, you're basically just having like tokens that can't be refunded or basically you know, transferred to something else. And it's basically like a ticket or a percentage of ownership of something that no one else could technically have. You could technically resell your thing, but to like another person, to another buyer for like a higher price or lower price. But it's basically almost like a ticket to joint ownership, right? And he made a few million dollars from selling digital percentages of ownership to a digital drawing, basically right to digital pixels so it's going to be interesting to see what the road is going to come to financially speaking it's going to be very interesting what's going to be available i can see these nfts which is technically the term you could just google search it nft that's basically what it's called you could well i could technically see some of those actually becoming worthwhile either for the fun factor or someone who is like a very well-known artist or someone who's has some sort of like uh, following that's super massive and they release a super limited availability of something, I could see it becoming worth a huge amount, right? For example, let's just say the biggest YouTuber, right? PewDiePie, right? One of the biggest YouTubers, PewDiePie, if he were to create something like, you know, a digital asset of his avatar, right? He could probably make multiple millions of dollars. Not only that, he could probably end up, well, people could end up selling that maybe when he decides to retire from YouTube or from the internet for a disgusting amount of money, right? Because everybody would want like a part of that history, right? As the first person to ever get past 100 million 
subscribers, right? Well, I don't know if he was actually the first, but he was very close. But, you know, the whole T-Series fight and all that kind of stuff was pretty insane. But either way, having a part of history like that would bring up the value. Same thing with the whole Pokemon stuff. Same thing with basically anything that is rare or viewed as rare. So it'll just be a very interesting thing to see in the future. But either way, if you want to look for potential opportunities, you should probably follow Elon Musk tweets. Or just conversations as well. So you can listen to him on the Joe Rogan podcast as well. And some of the things that he talks about, you're like, whoa. Like, that's pretty interesting that you're saying that, right? Because basically he was saying that, like, it wouldn't be that hard to actually land on Mars, pretty much, right? Like, it, it's just like a simple problem to solve, and he could easily solve it. It's just going to take time and mental energy and all that kind of stuff. But he's saying that it's very possible to be able to actually do that. So it's going to be very interesting. The future is going to be very interesting.